0: Action. All right. Welcome to the Laura Cross Podcast. Um, This is episode 10, and I have a very special guest here. Um, We just wrestled because that's how I introduce anyone on the podcast.
1: (laughs) And it was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. I thought it was a a blast. Um, And you're pretty good. She, like, lifted me up and... Well, and you got to dominate the heck out of me with some belly punches. She throws a mean punch.
1: Oh, yeah. I punched you good. Oh, yeah.
0: (laughs) So, first off, um, give your name and where people can find you.
1: Um, Well, I'm Sadie Saturn, and you can find me on Twitter um, at Saturn underscore Sadie 420. So, that's where you can find me. My OnlyFans will be up soon. You can find it on Twitter. That's right.
0: Um... So, yeah, uh, I found, um, Sadie Saturn through a mutual friend and, um, yeah, I mean, look at her. She's, she's freaking beautiful and perfect <laughs> and has an undercut.
1: <laughs> you love that undercut.
0: I love it. Like nobody, nobody else that I film with has one.
1: I have too much hair. Like I have to. Like, yeah. It's like, it's just like, but look at all this <laughs> and that's what the undercut.
0: That's right. So, okay, but what we really wanna talk about is you. Um, So uh, give a little bit of back history about why you decided to take your first leap into um, fetish and adult acting, um, and how long was this process of, you know, considering all the pros and cons? So I think a lot of people out there, especially with OnlyFans and all that, are getting more involved in this with their partners or side hustle or just to explore on their own. Um, so anyways, I'll stop talking.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, well, I guess like my desire to model and stuff like that and like let my body be seen yeah. started four years ago when I started like doing figure modeling, nude modeling cool. for my um, college, and um, Yeah, I would get, like, I'd get drawn nude or painting nude, and it was really empowering for me. And, like, at the time, like, there was, like, even just in four years, there's way more transgender representation. But, like, four years ago, like, it really wasn't in the media a lot. You didn't see transgender bodies except for, like, ones, like, represented by, like, cis male actors in movies, which isn't a very accurate representation. So I kind of felt, since I was comfortable sharing my body, I felt this duty to, like, show my transgender body to the world, so people can know what like, transgender people look like, that we're beautiful, that we're human, just like everyone else. We're not that different. And yeah, like from there then, um, like I got fired from a job a year later um, when I was working over the summer and I needed to make some money. And yeah. um, so I got into Chatterbait. I had a couple of friends that did Chatterbait. So I did that for just a few months and then like, I got back to school and I like ran out of time. So I ended up not doing that. Did some other work, Um, and that's kind of like what got me into like adult, like acting, film work. Oh, the
0: Chatterbait.
1: Chatterbait, yeah, Yeah, doing camming. Yeah, no, I would do camming, and I would, you know, do solo play and stuff like that. What
0: did you like about camming and solo play, and what what did you get out of that? Like, how did that sort of um, push your journey of maybe self-acceptance or self-appreciation or comfort? Like, did that have any effect? like all the positive feedback that i'm assuming you probably got yeah on your chatterbait
1: well it was it was an interesting experience because it was like very like uplifting to get you know this positive feedback and to like you know at the time i didn't have as much self confidence so for people to like want me and desire me it was really nice but at the same time like you know you have to deal with people that are fetishizing you mm-hmm. and don't like see you or talk to you like a human So there were, like, some times where it would kind of make me feel, like, weird just because of the things that people were saying to me. Um, but overall, it was, like, a really positive experience, and I guess I kind of learned, like, through the solo play that when someone tips me and gives me a little money, it's a huge (laughs) turn-on. Once those tips started (laughs) rolling in, I was like, wow, this is hot and sexy, wow, yeah.
0: All of a sudden, I'm (laughs) ready to go again.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but definitely one reason why I wanted to switch to, um, doing adult scene work with other performers is because with chatterbait a lot of it is about like catering towards personal relationships with your um, clients like right. your viewers and that got kind of tiresome to me like it would take a huge emotional toll these people would tell you about their lives their depression right. all of this stuff i mean you'd become yeah. their emotional support not just their kink
0: right N- so
1: that's what made it really hard for me that was the part that was kind of like i don't know if i can do this
0: yeah no that makes sense um cool And, uh, so, how did you, um, hear about, uh, me and Moulin Rouge Studios?
1: Um, well, I had, um, a friend, Valerie, who uh, works with y'all, yeah, and, um, she was telling me about y'all, and I was talking to her about how I like to do, uh, shibari, about how that's something I've been learning, and she was like, no way, like, we like to do photo shoots like that, so that's how she kind of got me in the studio, and then once I was here and we were doing shoots and stuff, then... You know, Leroy kind of told me about what y'all do here, about Moulin Rouge. Yeah. Um, And I'd kind of, like, talked to um, Valerie about, um, like, how, like, I was interested in doing that and, like, how I had a history with nude modeling and chatterbait and stuff. So Valerie was like, well, you should really look into this. Like, let's talk about it. And then from there, I came in in a meeting and I met you. Yeah. And, well, (laughs) now here we are.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, like, um... So, I don't know. I feel like I, I mean I'm bisexual, and I feel like I'm attracted um, maybe even more so to females. I am married though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I picked one, that, you know, <laughs> that I that I liked pretty well. Um, but yeah, I think you're super attractive. Like you, you're like you're like my body type. You know?
1: Yeah, you're really attractive too. I yeah. really like you. I'm excited to pick you up in one of these scenes. Yes. Yeah.
0: I think that definitely needs to
1: happen. Oh, yeah, it will.
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, anyways, I just think it's cool the first time I met you how like enthusiastic and eager you were. And it was like as soon as I was like, yeah, we got to get a Twitter, we got to get on mini bids, we got to get here there. And you're just like, on it. You're like, cool, done. Yeah. What do we do next? When do we want to start? You know? And that's just, that's so great. Because there's so many people that um, are like, oh yeah, I totally want to do it. And then like, one person finds out and they're like, oh my God. And I was like, I told you, yeah. I told you that was going to happen. <laughs> yeah. like, you know what I mean? They're like, yes, all gung ho. And then like, one friend from high school finds out and like, they're actually happy about it. Yeah. And they're like, ah
1: scary. They look at no. And then
0: they run away for a couple of months and then they come back. Definitely. <laughs> but yeah, it just seems like you're like 100% like ready to go like and hit the ground running. So I think you're going to do well if you just definitely keep keep that attitude.
1: Definitely. Yeah. Okay.
0: So, what are some things? So let's actually let's get a little into um Ethical non-monogamy, because you are in a pretty interesting um, relationship situation right now. Yeah, definitely. And I am not nearly as well-versed in any of that as you.
1: Definitely. Yeah, well, look, let me talk to you about my partners. So, um, you know, I practice polyamory or ethical non-monogamy, as some people call it. Um, and I'm in this little relationship. Um, some people refer to like three people or like four person relationships as like a poly cue.
0: okay. Kind of
1: a weird word, but it's just like I guess the word that was invented and I guess you could call us a triad too. Yeah, if you wanted, but yeah, I've got um, two partners They're both non-binary so they're like on the transgender spectrum too okay. So like they use they them pronouns Which is like kind of like I know that's coming more into the mainstream right. non-binary identities um, but yeah, no, it's, um, it's really great. Like, we have, like, you know, little three-person sleepovers, and, like, we go on three-person dates, but then, like, sometimes I'll just go on a date with one of my partners, or I'll go on a date with my other partner. So it's, like, really sweet, because I've got these, like, individual relationships. Like, me and my one partner, we have a relationship. Me and my other partner, we have a relationship. They have their own relationship. Right. So it's really, like, I feel like a lot of people get into polyamory, and they, like, think about it as, like, oh, like... This is a group like we're a unit and like oh. they don't think about people as individuals as much. Right. And one thing I found with polyamory because I've been through a few different like polyamorous situationships relationships at this point.
0: Situationships. Yeah. I like that. <laughs>
1: Definitely, um, and like treating someone as an individual, which doesn't necessarily mean you're not like you're treating someone like an object or something, but it's like making sure to like still value your individual relationship.
0: Right. Yeah. Like. Um... I could imagine that,
1: like, your
0: partner's needs are probably quite different. You know, maybe one... Have you read any of the five love
1: languages? I haven't actually. Okay,
0: I just really like that book, so I always just kind of use it. But it's like, for example, my main love languages are, like, I love physical touch and words of affirmation, you know? And um, my husband uh, loves, like gifts which gifts are like on like the lowest don't stop sending the amazon gifts though but anyways they're like on my lowest you know um like gifts and quality time and so we're totally different but i tend to try to speak to him before i think about it in my own love language so i'll like come over and like be like rubbing his back you know, we're all telling him nice things, and he doesn't like being touched yeah. <laughs> like that. And he's like, why are you doing that? And I'm like, oh, it's just, I, I really, you know, I really appreciate that you did the dishes. And so <laughs> he's like, no, 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 you're, you're fine. Like, stop. Yeah. He would have liked it more if I would have gone and, like, picked up groceries that he likes or something.
1: Yeah, definitely. Does
0: that kind of make sense?
1: That does make sense. Yeah, I yeah. know that does. Yeah, and that's one of the great things about like polyamory and non-monogamy. Is it allows you to like satisfy your needs without making your partner feel inadequate or like they need to change themselves or anything. Right. So like I do like my one partner like appreciates like physical affection and like stuff like that more, but then my other partner doesn't like to be touched like a whole lot, but that being said, like they want to spend the whole day with me if they can. They love exactly. quality time. And that's nice because, like, I need a lot of physical touch, so that way I can get my physical touch. And, and then, you know, I can have quality time with my other partner and stuff like that. Now, one thing I would like to mention about non-monogamy is, like, I think that people might have a conception that people that do it don't experience jealousy. Yeah. And that is something that, like, you still have to deal with and struggle with. Um, and, like, the thing with that is just learning ways to, like, limit jealousy. Right. like build up strategies like whether that's okay I'm gonna go hook up with this new person that we've been <laughs> discussing but we've got a date plan for tomorrow so you know I'm thinking about you I'll be back tomorrow like right you know doing stuff like that instead of all right I'm going away tonight you know just think about that dot, now dot dot, dot yeah.
0: crickets horrible thoughts <laughs>
1: exactly yeah so and like there's a lot more communication going on it's just like so much communication constantly because you need to always know like what's going on in everyone's mind and I think that's almost nice because like for me in monogamy I'd always be like what's the other person thinking I wouldn't ask them right. but it's like when there's three person three people involved there's no room for that
0: Like yeah. you kind of know
1: you have to make your needs met.
0: I think that's great um I can tell you that uh because people confide in me um especially when I'm doing like uh sessions or session wrestling um or whatever, like they don't get to have that outlet with anyone else, and I'm like a safe place, right? Mm-hmm. like I don't know anyone they know, like you know I don't even know their real name, and so they can sort of share like all of their struggles, and a lot of them will um talk about how difficult it has been to communicate with a partner that they have or you know what I mean. And those particular struggles. um, And it seems like a lot of times it ends at they've stopped trying to communicate about their needs. um, Which aren't being met. And the other partner um, just isn't receptive or is too busy or has just stopped. You know what I mean? Or is a little selfish. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, why do you care about that? I do X, Y, Z. But it's like, this is you know, one of the most important things to them, and nobody's willing to really hear that. Um, Yeah, like, per se, in the examples of, like, foot fetish, you know, it could be as simple as, like, someone wants to, like, have, you know, feet in their face, or be, you know, have them massage, or, like, have that tactile, like, of feet they're attracted to in their mouth, and the other partner's like, No, that's weird. And you know, and maybe they brought that up a couple of times, and then they, you know, feel a little attacked and embarrassed. And you know, because it's kind of like if somebody totally pushes that away and you feel horrible, of course, you don't want to bring it up again, but then it becomes this secret and this wall. Um, that's between them actually having open and uh, fulfilling communication. And a lot of times the other partner needs that open emotional fulfillment and closeness feeling to feel physically intimate, you know what I mean? So it's like, it just creates this like worse and worse barrier that um, could be simply thrown down if somebody had the courage to just be like, hey, this is what I like. And even to admit like, and I've been Doing foot sessions, and I still love you, but I would rather I'd like to do it with you. You know? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um. So, anyways, I, I always tell people that during this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like you should do this. Yeah. I feel like I'm like a sex therapist.
1: Definitely, yeah. <laughs> well, I think that kind of ties into like the experience I had with ChatterBait. Yeah. Is that people definitely look to you for a lot more than just sex, right? which was very surprising to me. I didn't, I didn't anticipate that. But, I mean, it makes sense. A lot of people, you know, they come to us because, like, you know, they don't have someone to talk to, and they're lonely.
0: And they won't get judgment.
1: Yeah, definitely not. Yeah,
0: or at least there's, like, a part of them that isn't accepted in their, um, in their professional or day-to-day life or their personal life. You know, they just have to, like, box up this part of themselves because the world is, like, not accepting of it or thinks it's weird, or whatever, you know, even if it's not harmful, um, anyways.
1: Yeah, and that's kind of part of the reason why I wanted to get into porn is because, like, in, like, any normal job, like, corporate kind of stuff like that, like, yes, with, like, new legalization, like, you know, they can't fire you for being queer or transgender, like, you're allowed to be, but you still face, like, tons of discrimination and you have to hide yourself, you know, you deal with rude things. I definitely have been like shadily fired for like reasons like that at small businesses where they could get away with it. And, um, but like, you know, in the, in the like adult film industry, like, you know, I'm praised for the way I am and I'm allowed to be exactly who I want to be. And I don't have to hide or pretend to be anyone. And for me, like being able to be my authentic self is like so important.
0: Same, absolutely same here. Yeah. That is boiled down. Like that is, 100% why I, like, do what I do. And that's kind of why I just have this podcast. I'm like, let's talk about all the things that people think aren't normal. Because, I mean, that's, like, what I do pretty much 100% of the time. It's normal for me. And, like, I I don't know. I just don't think people should have to run around, like, hiding or feeling ashamed um, of themselves. Especially if it's not doing any harm to anybody else like and the fact that people um can be so harsh and so judgmental um it's you know it's just a. Uh, I i think it's sad and uh i don't know i see it a lot in social media which is why i got all my personal stuff off social media <laughs> now i just have you know my business my definitely business yeah stuff. um but, man, in particular, by the way, TikTok is, like, the meanest place on the planet I would like to share. And, like, I'm fine with the hate comments because it boosts my post before I got banned, but I deserved it. It was fine. And, <laughs> but, you know what I mean? I was like, man, these 13-year-olds are harsh.
1: They really are. They're
0: banding together. Like
1: <laughs> I literally posted a TikTok just of my cat and some 13-year-old was like, never post a video again.
0: How? <laughs> yeah, my
1: cat. How could you not like a cat?
0: I agree. All cats are beautiful.
1: Especially especially my cat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Was, anyways, I just, yeah, I feel like social media is getting, like, more and more um, harsh. And since people, um, you know, circa COVID are more and more secluded, you know, there's a spike in time spent on there and people thinking that that's how people really are. That's not how people really are in real life. It's just under the the guise and like the, um, the, I don't know, shelter of um, an internet and a, and a keyboard. Are they really willing to bully to make themselves feel better? Cause I mean, that has to be what it's about, you know?
1: Definitely, yeah.
0: Um, Anyways, so yeah, I just think if if all I could do would be help people be themselves, be authentic, and uh, not throw shade at other people for no reason, <laughs> yeah. that would be life well spent. Um, yeah, I just think it's, it's cool to be able to help people um, accept themselves and work through all their stuff, like... I did, coming from a really religious background, and yeah, I couldn't have sex without it hurting. I think it was a psychosomatic thing, because I had so much guilt associated with it. Wow. Yeah, and so, like, there was actually nothing wrong, and it but it hurt for the first, like, five years that I had sex. And I was like, oh, people just do this because they're in a relationship and they have to. I was like, this sucks. Yeah. I was like, ah been a week i guess i I guess i should do this (laughs) i want to keep my boyfriend
1: yeah definitely it's amazing like um how the psyche can affect like yourself sexually because like when i first like came out publicly as transgender and was dealing with like a lot of like discrimination and also like you know just mental health things um like i started struggling with like erectile dysfunction for like a whole year and then one day it like just went away, it was completely mental. I was just, yeah. felt weird about my body, and then one day I was like, I have a girl dick, girl dicks are hot, my partner thinks my girl dick is hot. Hell yeah. And then, that went away.
0: Girl dicks so, are hot. yeah. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, that's awesome. Well shoot, uh, yeah, I think we should probably wrap this up. It's been a kick-ass day. Yeah. Um. So tell people one more time um, where they can find you.
1: Um, I'm Sadie Saturn, and you can find me on Twitter at Saturn underscore Sadie 420. Please follow me.
0: (laughs) All right. Peace out.